Holly G with the Golf Insiders. It was a wild week in golf. Week, weekend, Monday finish at the Players' Championship. And yes, the Aussie, the most famous mullet in the world, Cameron Smith, winning big time at the Players' Championship. And we bring in Bob Herrig from... SI.com, who was there to the bitter end, Bob? Sure was, and it was quite a performance by Cam Smith. Um, I just kept thinking he's not going to keep making all these putts. You know, he kept leaving himself in some tough spots. Um, you know, he, he had a very – he he was very poor off the tee, like I think, you know – 58th or 60th or something like that out of the guys who made the cut and strokes strokes gained off the tee, but he just kept getting it down, up and down from everywhere. Uh, and then when he did hit good shots off the fairway, he converted into the fairway. He converted into birdie opportunities. It was it was pretty impressive. Ten birdies in the final round, along with overcoming a three bogey stretch, and then that head-scratcher of a punch shot that went into the water at the 18th where it looked like, oh, boy, we're headed for a playoff. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When he hit it, I thought he hit it perfect. I mean, he was just trying to get it out, right? And it just kept going and going and going. We've all been there, Um, right? It just comes out a little too pure. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy because if he just just, uh, gets it out there anywhere – he's going to still have the, the result that he ended up with, which was a bogey. You know, he just ended up having to do it the hard way, um, you know, which is get it up and down from, what, 60 yards after taking a drop. I mean, once again, he had to – He yeah, had pull to pull off the you know, shot. Exactly. So, um, yeah, again, it was just uh, hats off to him, you know. Uh, I think he had 13 one-putts. Eight of his last nine greens were one-putt. Um, he admitted the ball on 17 went a little farther right than he intended. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, it was right behind the flag. I mean, just, um, you know. A little lots, bit of a push of there stuff. and uh, a few prayers to the golf gods. Right, exactly. Well, it, you know, was thrilling to watch. And, you know, that's where 15, 16, you know, 17, of course, and 18 just create such drama Um, and, you know, perhaps we might have seen this coming, you know, Cam Smith's been, uh, creeping up there, not only in the world rankings, but set a scoring record earlier this year at the Century Tournament of Champions, which, you know, was played in some pretty windy conditions as well. Yeah, you know, he's been hovering for a while now. It's five tour wins, and he was 10th in the world going into the tournament. I believe he's now moved up to sixth. And he, you know, he was kind of the top-ranked guy who made it. So many of the top-named guys did not, were, were not in the in the mix. And he's a little bit understated, a little bit underrated, I think. He's, he's um, you know, he's, he's had a couple of other chances to win. You know, to Tony Finau last year at the Northern Trust, uh, he was in that one, and Finau prevailed. Um, I, that was in a playoff. 
Um, and, you know, but like you said, he won at the century where he set a scoring record. He was like 33 under par. Um, so, you know, he, he did it in a birdie fest, and he did it at, at a place where, you know, I, I know the winning score was 13 under, but it played a lot harder than that. Uh, the, the only reason there was any kind of scoring was because the course was so soft due to all the rain they had. You know, it was treacherous on Saturday, and it wasn't easy on Sunday. Um, and then yesterday, you know, there was the chance, uh, Monday, the, the chance to score. And, and, he, and he did. He, he sure did, uh, coming right out of the gate. Uh, he mentioned, you know, great, great interviews afterwards. You know, his, his family was there. Uh, the story that his mom and his sister came over. He hadn't seen them in two years. But basically, he'd just been hanging out with them the week before the tournament and not doing a whole lot of uh, practicing. Perhaps, you know, put him in, you know, a really good Zen state of mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, it, it could be coincidence or it could be more. You know, I, I got to believe it helped. You know, he his, his family wasn't able to leave Australia during the whole COVID uh, thing, you know, during, during the pandemic. The restrictions were difficult, and I, I guess that meant that he couldn't go home, or at least he didn't feel that it would be worth it in terms of the time that he – he was allowed. I think the last time he said he saw them was at, at the President's Cup, which was in Australia. And then, you know, we know, like, what, three months later is when everything changed. So um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy what all, what all happened. Well, I think another uh, piece of, of Cam Smith here is that he seems so laid back, and as he uh, has uh, commented, you know, he loves fishing, and he's probably going to be out fishing today, Bob. You know, he just has this sort of uh, very low-key way about him, uh, which is, is very different than most of uh, the guys on tour. Exactly. Yeah, he he doesn't look like a whole lot bothers him. Yeah. He, he does not look like um, he can, you know, like he's going to be too to put out, you know. Well, a three-shot three uh, lead after his birdie on 17 does give you a little bit of comfort. But also, you know, you got to really rely on that short game, which, of course, was just as hot uh, as, as his putting, uh, as you mentioned, in terms of all those one putts, uh, to, you know, to get you, get you to the barn and uh, the victory circle. Yeah, you know, I mean, you might question why he hit a driver off the tee on 18 – you know, he ended up hitting it uh, uh, too far. He uh, said he hasn't been able to figure that hole out. This is one of the things we, we talk about, right, that for some players, visually, they just can't play the hole because he says he's, you know, he hits left to right, and that's a pretty dangerous tack going over that water uh, down 18. But you still would think maybe, you, you know, maybe you, maybe you hit a three-wood or – what was it? Five wood that uh, Justin Thomas hit last year, right? Yeah, it's or even just an iron, you know. Just yeah, it's just not like make, these guys can't you know hit their big sticks with a lot of accuracy into the green. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't want to have a four iron in, but but maybe that's the way to do it, and and then and then you you know and you're gonna you, you, he doesn't he doesn't need a birdie in that situation. 
you know, really all he needed was he probably just needed the, the, the bogey. He was going to force uh, Lahiri to have to make two birdies coming in. And, uh, um, you know, so, but then you hit it over there and you bring it, you bring that trouble into play like he did, you know, and now he made it really stressful on himself. He could have had a very easy bogey as opposed to a, a stressful one. And look, he still could make par if you hit it on, you know, even if you leave yourself 220 in, you know, these guys can handle that. So, yeah, it's interesting that that's the way he went. And, you know, obviously we'd be second guessing that to death if, it, if he would have ended up in a playoff. Yeah, and it looked like we could have been heading to a playoff until that birdie on 17. There was a lot of back and forth going on, and as you write in your uh, piece on SI today, you know, although it wasn't John Rahm and it wasn't Rory and it wasn't JT, uh, there was a lot of uh, nail-biting golf going on here down the stretch with some, you know, pretty tough competitors. Anraban Lahiri, of course, the um, Indian player who would have, you know, we know would have changed his entire world and maybe the entire golf scene in India had he won the players. Certainly wasn't somebody we would have seen on the uh, top of the leaderboard. 322nd. He started right. at the beginning of the week. Crazy. Yeah, and, you know, I think he had missed three of his last four cuts, and I think he shot 82 the final round at Bay Hill. The players has this weird way of bringing out guys like that. I mean, it, there's always seemingly guys up there who haven't done anything, you know, and we had a few up there, actually. You know, I mean, Keegan hasn't been lighting the world on fire, Um you know, he's been okay, but he really hasn't contended this year. Um, and Paul Casey's obviously been very, very solid. Uh, Russell Knox. Yeah, Russell Knox hasn't really done much. Uh, Kevin Kisner is in and out. You know, he's a guy that's no surprise to be up there. But, you know, we didn't have a JT. We didn't have Rom. We didn't have Dustin Johnson. But, you know, Cantley missed the cut. Mor- Morikawa missed the cut. Um you know, so, you know, Rory was not really a factor, made the cut on the number. Uh, and so you had some guys that were kind of playing for their careers and their, or their, their seasons, you know. I mean, in the case of Lahiri, he's basically locked up his card now, you know. Uh, uh, you and, know, by the way, he earned $2.2 million for his runner-up finish. Hello. Yeah, I mean, you know, the... The money isn't the issue with your card anymore. He got, you know, he got a lot of FedEx points. Uh, but still, yeah, he also he also banked a lot. I mean, I think it was $1.4 million for third, which is what Casey got. Um, you know, uh, Harold Varner pretty much locked up the Masters by finishing sixth because he was 48th in the world and he was sort of teetering there, you know, with only two weeks to go. A lot could happen. Now he moved up to 40th, and he's pretty, he's pretty safe. It's pretty hard to think that, ten, that, that he the 10 guys can pass him. So um, uh, it was, uh, you know, for the, for the guys who didn't win, there was still a lot going on there. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of emotion afterwards. Uh, I thought it was really interesting what Lahiri said. Uh, he said, you know, about his, his finishing um, in such a quality field. He says, it's huge. Because when you go through such a lean period for such a long time, you start asking yourself, man, 
was that a flash in the pan? What are you doing? You haven't played good in so long. The belief takes a hit, and we know these guys are out there fighting some of those demons week to week, and they're the ones that we talk about can be the breakthrough winner week to week. That's why that tournament, I think, you know, the the course gets a lot of criticism. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But those last three holes, you've got to execute. You know, it really forces you to execute in a lot of different ways. You know, on, on 16, as we saw with Paul Casey, you know, you got to hit a good drive to be able to go for the green. He did and got unlucky. You know, but plenty of guys hit it in the water on, on their second shot there. Uh, on 17, obviously, we know what that's all about. 18 requires an unbelievable tee shot. You know, so it kind of there's there's kind of a little bit of everything on that whole, on the, on that finish, and and before that, 14 and 15 are pretty stout par fours. So it's um, you know, it's it 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 really when when you're playing the back nine in contention, it really does make you perform. And then there, you know, is is the. Good luck, bad luck. That's golf. Uh, Casey, Paul Casey landing in a pitch mark. I don't know. I can't even remember ever seeing that before, Bob, and not being able to move it as a result. Well, and if you or I were playing and there was no benefit of replay, we would have assumed it was our own pitch mark. Absolutely. In which case you you would get release. You know, and so that's the other thing that makes that so bizarre. I mean, it was really unlucky. And he talked afterward about he, he felt like he, he, he wanted to go for it, but it, it, it just wasn't wise, you know, out of that lie. And, uh, you know, that cost him because he didn't make birdie there. You know, he really needed, he really needed to make birdie um, to, to, to apply more pressure. And, and he couldn't do it. You know, he ended up paring in, which is good enough sometimes, but not when you're chasing. So, a lot of conversation and a lively debate on Golf Channel about the integrity of the 17th hole at TPC. Uh, Brandel Chambly, not one to hold back his uh, opinions, Bob. And uh, Paul McGinley passed, uh, captain, of course, of the European Ryder Cup team, who... I just uh, I love some of his commentary. Good gracious. I I stopped the whining already about 17. <laughs> I mean, come on. Everybody's playing the same hole. Uh, it's, you know, it creates a lot of drama, and it's a test. These guys play in the best conditions, you know, week to week, really. A little bit of wind, a little bit of weather. Come on. What's your take? Yeah, you know, I, I understand where Brandel's coming from. On a day like Saturday, which is really pretty rare, it really becomes luck in some in some ways. And, and in his mind, you know, you should have a place to to bail out. But I would counter that it's a huge green. Um, a skilled player should be able to find a way to get it on there no matter what. And that's easier said than done, I recognize, but still, like, how many of those shots were hit way up into the air and then knocked into the water, knocked over? Some of those guys just didn't play the right shot, and some of them attempted to play a knockdown shot and didn't hit a very good one. Right. You know, like, it kind of exposed some guys a little bit. And, Absolutely. And also, 
and also what it did too is I think there was a lot of indecision, a lot of doubts. You know, like you're like, well, if I hit it too low, the wind's not going to grab it. I mean, I, I think there was a stat where like 19 of the balls in the water on Saturday, like I think there was 29 in the water in the second round, but 19 of them were on Saturday when you know when the weather was the worst. And nine of those 19 were just really poorly hit shots. You know, like guys just, There were a few you know, uh, hazel rockets. Yeah, I mean, or way off to the right or, you know, pulled shots or whatever. And so, okay, so that means there's 10 shots that were maybe hit okay that didn't stay on the green. Well, that happens there all the time. You know, I mean, guys, hit, they take too much club and they hit it on the back and it bounces over or they hit it on the green and it spins off the front. You know, that's part of it. I mean, and that's why guys were trying to hit those knockdown punch shots to take the spin off. And some of those guys really hit those poorly. You know, like Scheffler hit a bad one. And, I mean, you know he knows how to do that. But I think that under the circumstances, there's so much doubt. And that's the challenge. You know, so um, I think to say that the hole is unfair and should be changed is, is wrong. And the hole's always been controversial, always will be. I get that. Um, but, you know, we're talking about, look, say, you know, for the second round because of, of the weather, they couldn't adjust the tees. Um, you saw for the, when they went to the third round, they moved way up to the front of that uh, team Tee round. Box, they, were right. only, they were only like 130. You know, and so, um, but even that, you know, 130-yard shot for those guys is not a full shot. And it's a 4,000-square-foot green. Right, you know. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not one who thinks it should be blown up. I think, that, I think that hole is a great discussion point. I think that's why, you know, why it's one of the reasons the tournament is so compelling. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, it, uh, you know, was a long week, but uh, it, it did not disappoint, and we got uh, a, a whole lot of extra golf on Monday. And now we turn to the Valspar, uh, the final leg of the Florida Swing. So um, over in Tampa, Bob, what, what does the field look like, and, and uh, what can we expect? They have a great field, five of the top nine in the world. I think they have um, uh, 11 of the top 20 and something like 19 or 20 of the top 50. Um, that's pretty good coming off the, off the Players' Championship and with the match play next week. Yes. You know, you got you got a lot of big tournaments in this stretch. You know, we had Arnold Palmer, we had Genesis before that, and now, you know, for a regular event to get that kind of field is really is really good. I think it speaks to the golf course, um, and uh, you know, and and uh, I, I, I they're in, they look like they're in for a good weather week after all that bad weather, so that'll be nice. And uh, looking forward to it. I, I I think they've got a chance for another great tournament. It's where Sam Burns won his first one last year. I kind of like him again this week. You know, he he didn't have a great final round at the Players, but he. He was in there, and he was in there. You know, he had a pretty good week at Bay Hill. His game's been coming around here lately after sort of a poor West Coast. And uh, Paul Casey has won twice uh, at Valspar, so perhaps he might have a hat trick coming his way. Exactly, yep. Well, it's exciting. Uh, the Florida Swing, uh, it's, you know, some of the best courses they play, some of the best finishing 
uh, holes. Of course, we have the snake pit uh, it, it, in Innisbrook and uh, Copperhead. So it's going to be another exciting week and weekend of golf. And always, Bob, we appreciate your time. Bob Herrick from SI.com. Thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thank you.